0: Welcome to What The Fab, a fans-first sports network fantasy baseball show where there are no silly questions. I'm Sarah Sanchez, and as always, I am here to break down what's going on in fantasy baseball with some of the greatest minds in the industry in a way that strives to demystify this wonderful game a bit while bridging the gap between your home league and the NFBC main event. Today, we are checking in on the 12-team mixed tout wars league, plus talking midseason management and fab with Matt Truss, who you might know from his great work at RasBall matt is the returning champion this year and a fierce competitor i'm so thrilled to welcome him to the show welcome to what the fab matt
1: thank you so much sarah and speaking of fierce competitors game recognized game here because you're always the one i'm checking on in the standings so much respect <laughs> uh
0: big same big same and we are going to talk about that when we get to fab and some of our favorite ads of the season so far this year because there's a very specific reason that you are on this week like i knew i was going to have matt on <laughs> at some point during this season, but after the Ellie De La Cruz throwdown, I just had to make it this week. We'll we'll get to that in a second. Before we do, um, just some news and notes from around the league. It feels like there are always injuries and players aplenty to talk about. A couple of things going on here. Uh, for the Dodgers, Julio Arias is not back yet. It, there was a hot minute where it looked like he might be back last weekend, and then he needed to get some more work in. He will definitely – need some rehab starts. Sheehan was intriguing, but the underlying numbers give me pause. Grove hasn't really stuck. What do you think is going on with the Dodgers rotation? Is there anyone you're particularly interested in here?
1: Uh, yeah, I thought Sheehan looked pretty good. Um, his his A numbers definitely are intriguing. Those strikeout numbers are enticing. Um, I do think Grove is probably the odd man out there. That's 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 my thought. I think they'll probably stick with Sheehan for a little bit longer.
0: I think they'll stick with Sheehan too, and I was kind of sold on Sheehan. I definitely put some fab bids down this last weekend. Then I saw, I was listening to, and I want to give credit where it is due. I was bat flip crazy hanging out with uh, Scott Jensted on RotoWire last night. I apologize in advance if I am giving the wrong person credit for this one. Mentioning that. Um, the contact zone rates for Sheehan were were not spectacular. That his swing and miss stuff just wasn't really there, and he's had some walk issues. So I, I, I'm a little bit. I, I I was really impressed, and then I kind of went, "Oh, that's an intriguing line of thought that I hadn't thought about." So we'll we'll come back and check on Sheehan. It's not like there has been any uh, shortage of rookie pitchers this season.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and they're all out there to you know give you one great start and followed by seven earned in two innings. So
0: (laughs) that is absolutely correct. Veterans are doing that too, by the way, uh, all the time, particularly the dudes on the Phillies are in trouble. Zach Wheeler, man, like every now and again, I just have a panic attack. Uh, Let's talk about the Red Sox for a second. Really scary moment this weekend. in that Red Sox Yankees game, Tanner Houck hit by a line drive um, in the face. He, initially it sounded like it was a contusion. Now it sounds like there is a small facial fracture there. I have no idea what that means on a timeline, but they also just lost Chris Sale. So Cutter Crawford is probably in the rotation to stay in. Is there anyone else you're interested in for starts in Boston?
1: Yeah, not really. That um, I was looking at the the park factors for Boston this year, and it's actually playing even better than Colorado. So it's it's scary out there, but Cutter Crawford actually is definitely intriguing. He's somebody I've been yeah, I was looking at him earlier in the season, and then they pulled him out of the rotation, and I kind of lost interest. But now that he's back in there and they're stretching him out, he's definitely someone I'm going to be keeping an eye on.
0: Yeah, Boston has played just like a crazy offensive park this season. And I don't know if it's the approach of the Red Sox hitters or if it's something going on with their pitching or if it's a combination of the ball or if it's just baseball being baseball because that is what baseball is here to do. But uh, that has been a place that you can score some runs this season. Definitely. Let's talk about the Chicago Cubs for a second. Patrick Wisdom, who has had quite a power outage recently, is out until the end of June. And let's be honest, if you are rostering Patrick Wisdom, you're you're doing it for the home run. So he he is out for a bit. That's definitely um, a drop for me at the moment. It seems like more Nick Madrigal and Miles Masturbone. I don't think there's anyone coming here to save the Cubs at the hot corner, although – should be noted that that's the place Christopher Morrell played most of his minor league games. And I cannot figure out why they, why they just won't give him third base.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so infuriating. Like just all the, it's yeah. I can't figure out what they're doing there. I don't know what Ross has going on in his giant noggin, but he's got to figure that out. <laughs> his, his quote <laughs> the other day. Oh, it's so fun watching, watching Morrell destroy baseballs. And it's like, well, yeah, you should play him probably. <laughs>
0: Well, what's wild about what Christopher Morell is doing right now, and and one of the fab bids that Trust definitely got me on, got the better of on me was uh, was for Christopher Morell. I, I admit I went real low on that because I wasn't sure if I trusted the playing time, and I certainly don't trust David Ross to manage him correctly. But you won Christopher Morell with a hefty bid, and and you're reaping the benefits. He's doing a little bit of everything right now. The thing that I noticed today when I was prepping for my Cubs pod is. His strikeout rate in the last 30 days is down to 25%. His strikeout rate in the last 14 days is down to 15%. Like, I don't think he's gonna do that. But a Christopher Morel with the power that he has, the bat speed he has, his ability to barrel the ball, who strikes out twenty-five to thirty percent is unstoppable in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I saw his walk rate was up a little bit too. So he's he's doing everything right to to get that playing time. So we'll see. Hopefully they give it to him. I'll be I'll be happy.
0: I will be both happy and and a little annoyed that I didn't bid more on Christopher (laughs) Morrell this year. He certainly saved my team last year. I'm not going to lie. The other guy that I'm interested in for the Chicago Cubs, Cody Hoyer has been doing a really nice job in his rehab starts in Iowa, should be eligible to return from the 60-day IL any day now. I think that the day he was eligible to return was June 5th. Could stabilize the back end of the bullpen there. There's not really been an actual closer there for a while, and Hoyer was the dude that they – uh, that they traded for for that role. Any interest in Hoyer at all? Are you writing it out with Alzolay or Lighter?
1: Yeah, I've honestly kind of avoided that bullpen. Um, Smart, not so much because <laughs> I mean their numbers are fine. It's just the total lack of saves. Um, but anybody that that grabbed that job and ran with it, I would definitely be interested in. You know, I've kind of I feel like I've streamed four or five different guys from the back, from that bullpen and. Just never really stuck with any of them. So waiting for somebody I, to grab it.
0: I've got Alzali in an auto new League, and that is about it for me. Um, I don't even think I – I had Fulmer yeah. in TAT Wars for a hot minute, and I dropped him because that was painful. I think I had um, Fulmer everywhere to start the year, and that didn't work out well. <laughs> It was his job to lose, and he lost it. Uh, on the other side of town in Chicago, everybody is on the IL. Liam Hendricks is on the IL. Juan Mankata is on the IL. Mike Clevenger left his start with bicep soreness. I mean, I don't think anything's going right for the White Sox. I'm also not really interested in anyone they can call up for any of these positions. Are you?
1: No, not really. I feel bad for Liam. That's, I mean, you almost saw it coming, coming back so quick. Um, yep. That's that's sad. I hope he I hope he's all right. Um, I felt much less worse for Mike Clevenger. Yeah, word.
0: Agree. 10-10, <laughs> no notes. Uh, let's talk about the Guardians for a second. Tristan McKenzie back on the IL. And this is always nervous. Just He's had so many arm issues that I, I want to believe in Tristan McKenzie. And I don't think I've ever drafted him or picked him up because I worry about injury issues. And here we go again. Now, there are some interesting arms in the Guardians minor league system. Any interest there?
1: Yeah, no, that's another guy I feel bad for is Mackenzie. I've got him in a couple keeper leagues, and yeah, uh, it's. Um, but yeah, um, was it? There was somebody that I was interested in.
0: Was it Gavin actually... Williams or is it somebody else? Yeah, Gavin. Else?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's Gavin Williams. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Gavin um, is the dude that I'm like, there's no way you're calling up Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen and Gavin Williams back to back to back, but why not? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, yeah. It would be nice uh and for those of us who have any fab left at all we might be able to actually get a bid in on that one uh detroit Tarek skuble should be back soon any interest in school Eh, i mean he's shown flashes here and there
1: um i guess depending on the league Um, 12 team
0: probably wait and see um 15 team sure I mean, in 15 teams, you're just looking for guys who are going to get starts and give you a chance, unless your ratios are pristine at the moment, which mine certainly are not, because I did not, I did not anticipate this baseball environment. I'm not going to line up. The offense has been fun, and I'm not complaining. It's like, oh, I can, I can, a 4.2, 4.3 era is what the old 3.8, 3.9 used to be. And I just have to keep trying to reset my expectations there. Um, Vinny Pascantino is out for the season with a shoulder injury, which is terrible. And I just honestly hate it because I like Vinny P a lot. It is giving some opportunities to some young guys, including one who runs a lot. Uh, Were you in on Blanco at all? I... Had to hit like this was one of those things where I had to hit like refresh on podcast this week while I was listening to it would people like 47 stolen bases in however many like tiny number of games. And I was just like, that can't be right. And it was yeah. right.
1: I know. Is it 49, 40, 47 and 49 games or something like that?
0: But yes. And Andy won the bidding on that one. $37 in the 12 team TAT wars league where steals are at a premium. And I am. I don't know why I didn't go higher.
1: Yeah, they are. They they aren't for me in that league. Um, So I wasn't super in on him. And I looked at him in a couple leagues, but he's also thirty, and I don't know. He gives me he gives me some pause. We'll see what happens. Seems like maybe a Jared Dyson or you know one of those situations where if you can't get on base, you can't steal. But we'll see. It's true. Forty seven and forty nine games is pretty sweet. So it'd be fun to fun to watch.
0: Unbelievable! Like I, I mean, I admit that I'm getting some. I had some John Birdie FOMO last year. I was one year early on John Birdie uh, in a bunch of leagues, and I didn't do it last year because I was like, no, no, it's not going to happen. And then he went on that tear, and I, I lost leagues on on that one. And I Blanco was giving me those kind of vibes. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get on base because if he can, it seems like he's just going to be running. Um, let's head to the Mets for a second. Which honestly, like this team. As a Cubs fan, I feel like I am allowed to say this. The Mets might be cursed. I I actually like it serious curse Metsy vibes from the Mets. Um, So Pete Alonso is back after the minimum IL stint, which is bananas because everybody thought it was going to be a month, which sent Mark Vientos back to the minors. Uh, And honestly, I feel bad for Vientos. He didn't even really get a shot. Like, I don't know why he's platooning with all these random characters. How do you establish yourself Mm. as a major league bat if you can't get any playing time? But – I guess my question here is what are the Mets doing with some of their young talent, Vientos, Beatty? I mean, Francisco Alvarez had to play his way into that lineup and have all of the catchers ahead of him get hurt and force the situation. I, it seems like Buck Walter just doesn't want to play the kids.
1: And, and now he's on fire. Alvarez is what one off or a couple off of the, the catcher home run lead. And he's played in yeah, like half the games.
0: It's he's amazing.
1: Crazy. And this stuff, I mean, I don't know, this stuff seems to be going on it seems to be epidemic in major league baseball this year with just the, I don't know, messing around with these young, young players. I mean, look at the Jordan Walker, like, you know, 12 game hitting streaks on either side of a minor league, you know, getting sent back to the minors is just it makes you scratch your head. Um, so, I, I, who knows what the Mets are doing? I, as a Braves fan, I'm all for it. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you've got the hat on for the division rival, so you're you're probably yes. happy for it. The other interesting news out of Mets uh, Metsdom, I guess, is that Jose Quintana is rehabbing. That is a dude who has generally punched a little bit above his weight in terms of getting innings, in terms of getting wins. Um, if those are the stats that you're chasing in any of your leagues, any interesting Quintana?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he really tore it up last year. And like you said, just an innings eater that has just gone out and done his done his job. So, yeah, I definitely think he's worth a, worth a peek.
0: Worth a peek. And if you're in a league where you don't have to play him right away, which, Tet Wars, you have to play your guys the second you get them. So you never want to call, nice. you never want to put the bid down unless you know the dude is going to play. But in, in any league where you could stash, Quintana seems like a solid stash to me, like a Absolutely. $1, $2 pickup now that will be worth a lot more later. Uh, the Angels lost like their entire infield in two days. So Rendon is on the I.L., Shell is on the I.L., and Zach Neto is on the I.L., I do not recognize really the names of guys here that they have called up. They're not guys I'm particularly interested. I mean, I know who Renhefo is; he was already there. But any interest in Andrew Velasquez or Michael Stefanik, or is this just kind of like angels get an angel?
1: Yeah, no. I think there was a joke going around about Stefanik when he got called up that it sounded like a tennis name. Um, nobody really, <laughs> n- no one had any idea who this guy was. Um, but no, not a lot of interest, interest there outside of Renhifo. As I mean, he's been he's been getting hot. I actually just had to let him go and tout. Um, unfortunately, because he does have that nice position eligibility. Um, But I just had a couple better players coming back off off IL. So,
0: Yeah. Um, A team that is shockingly good also in the NL East, the Marlins are on quite a little bit of a run here. Edward Cabrera to the injured list, and it sounds like there's been a setback with Trevor Rogers. Anyone you're interested in in terms of possible pitching call-ups here? I mean, I feel like they went big with Yuri Perez, and there's not really anybody else waiting, but I'd be happy to be proven wrong.
1: No, I think that's the same, but I am happy for my Yuri Perez shares that there's some some injuries that are going to, pro- because there was some talk about sending him back to the minors to limit innings. So it'd um, be nice to keep him around for a little bit longer because he's done absolutely nothing to be sent back down. He's looked awesome. Real deal for he's, sure.
0: He's looked amazing. And I think that the Marlins winning put some pressure on them to keep him pitching too, right? Like there was a thought sure. when he first got called up that, oh, he's just going to get spot starts here and there. And then the Marlins aren't going to be competitive. So at some point he just gets shut down. Well, they're in second place in the division right now and kind of cranking. So I I think that Yuri Perez's playing time for right now is safe. It will be really interesting to see how they manage it, though. Yeah, agreed. The Yankees are kind of a mess with Judge out until early July. And the lineup is just not all that threatening without him in it. Harrison Bader is claiming he'll rehab with the team. This seems like one of the worst ideas I've ever heard in my life, um, particularly for a dude who gets hurt as much as Harrison Bader. Agree or disagree? <laughs> a, a hard agree. This seems like something the Mets
1: would pull. <laughs> it does. <laughs> the,
0: <laughs> it's a city Field move. Yeah,
1: yeah totally. The Mets doctor is saying, oh, yeah, just get out there and, and rehab that hamstring. You know, it's no problem. <laughs> Absolutely. Seems, seems like a bad idea.
0: <laughs> a little bit of surprising news in Philadelphia. Actually, I don't know how surprising it is. Cody Clemens has been really quite good. Uh, Derek Hall is beginning his rehab assignment and was optioned to the minors. So it seems like that's Cody Clemens' job now and something is going to happen to Clemens, either in terms of how he is playing or something in order for Derek Hall to get that chance. And that's kind of a bummer for Hall because he was the du- the next dude up when Hoskins went down. The injuries are just it's one of those things that happen in baseball. Any interest in either Hall or Clemens in smaller leagues, 12-teamers uh, or smaller?
1: Yeah, I was I was a little surprised on Hall, too. Um, you know, Clemens is serviceable, I guess. Um, he's getting at bats. I mean, that's all you can ask for in some leagues. But 12-team, probably pass on Clemens um, and potential interest in, in Hall if you're somebody that maybe, I don't know, had Mervis hanging out in a quarter infield slot or something and um, or looking for help there. I would think Hall would be worth a, worth a look for sure.
0: I did have Mervis in a handful of spots and I yeah. dropped him in all of those spots over this last weekend. That was, that was harsh. Yes, uh, but I, I still, be- I still believe in Matt Mervis. I actually think the underlying numbers look pretty good. Like the barrel rate looks fine. The exit velocity yeah, looks fine. I think he was and
1: looked okay. I don't. Yeah. That's another one of those yeah. mystery moves where just let just let him play it out, I feel like. but
0: I, It seems like it was a lot of bad luck to me. I understand yeah. why you have Cody Bellinger and he can't really play the outfield right now. You don't want Mike Talkman to... Mike talkman has been very good for the Cubs. I think he's got an on-base percentage over 400. So like I understand why all of it happened the way it did. And also, it doesn't really seem like Mervis did anything wrong. Uh, speaking of the Cubs, Christopher Morel walking again. So there you go. Helping out your on-base percentage there. Um Marco uh, Marco Gonzalez is out in Seattle. Anyone interesting getting starts here from a pitching perspective?
1: Um yeah, so I don't think there's a I don't think there's very many options coming out of coming out of Seattle outside of yeah. what's already what's already been called up there.
0: I agree and if you were in on Brian Wu, congratulations cuz he looks pretty enticing and if you were not, I think that you might have missed the boat and all but 12 team or smaller leagues after this last weekend. Um, last injury update before we move on to some town war specifics to have. Tyler O'Neill to the 60 day IL. I am not going to lie. I didn't really see that one coming. I don't know what's going on with Tyler O'Neill and the Cardinals right now. And I, I don't know how much of it is like injury related and how much of it is like Ali Marmol related. And it just seems very, very weird. Um, that outfield has been really crowded, and I think most of the dudes who are going to get playing time there have already been picked up. But anybody you're interested in who might be available?
1: Uh no, they definitely. That's a team that is boggling my mind. Why they don't make some trades? I mean, how long are you going to run Flaherty out there? And it's yeah, trade for some pitching guys. That's that's tough. I don't know what's going on with O'Neill, but that's send, send him to Colorado. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, they do need some pitching and they need some bullpen help too with Ryan Helsley on the IL. Um, I have some interest in Gallegos there. I know a lot of people have interest in Hicks. Do you have a preference between Gallegos and Hicks?
1: Yeah. Um, I tried to snag Hicks real cheap this past weekend where I could, um, hoping and then now he's gone, what, three straight saves. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely interested in him. Um, yeah, Gallegos is interesting, but he, he just, I don't know, he seems to just wet the bed every time he gets a chance. So, <laughs> he, I don't know.
0: he lacks the closer mentality, although I might have said the same thing seems for too. Hicks prior to this conversation. True. Hicks blows my fair. mind a little bit because he's one of these guys, he just throws gas, but for whatever reason, it's hittable gas. So, it's like wa- right. watching him punch like 102, 103, and people are just like turning on it the other way. It has always right, been sort of Right, when he leaves at 117, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, awesome. So th- those are your injury updates to start the show. We're here to talk about Tout Wars and midseason management, though. Um, I will link the draft board in the show notes, just like I've done with the other lovely Tout Wars guests that we've had on this show so far. I But let's just start there because that's where everything begins. And, uh, you know, you can recover from a bad draft with fab seasons and pickups and whatnot, but a, a good draft makes things a lot easier. How did you feel about your draft in this league? For a uh, reminder for people, this is the 12-team mixed league, Tout Wars League. It has some different categories than other leagues. We on base percentage instead of average, uh, innings in st- innings pitched instead of wins, and saves plus holds instead of pure saves. I honestly love all of those category changes. I would not touch a thing. I think I would run, every- if I ever run a league, I will run a league like this. Um, but how did you feel about your draft, uh, Matt?
1: Yeah, no, I agree on the categories, too. I think it's pretty fun. Um, And, yeah, I I was pretty happy with my draft coming out of it. Um, I was surprised. So you and I were both rookies, tout rookies last year. And I did not realize going into my second year how they stack the deck in favor of the league champion, which is odd. (laughs) Um, Seems like usually leagues do the opposite of that. But so you get your choice of draft position when when you win the league. So naturally, I took pick number one and went Soto who I thought was going to be a lot better than he has been so far. Um, but coming out of the draft, I was pretty psyched. Um, I definitely felt like I was light on power. Um, I had a draft an interview during the draft and got a little flustered during a pick and ended up picking Christian Yelich, which I didn't love because I needed power and not more speed. Um, but, and that's bearing out this in the standing so far. I wish I had more power because the, the home run standings right now are ridiculous.
0: Um, yeah, we should talk about the home run standings. I mean, power and power and speed are going to be the things I am chasing on the waiver wire this entire season. Um, I also didn't realize how they did the draft order here, uh, and when I, I took second in the league and wound up picking to pick second, so we went back-to-back back, um, in this draft. I started my draft with Jose Ramirez. My whole goal was to not worry about third base. <laughs>
1: Smart. And I succeeded,
0: <laughs> um, but yeah. I loved your pick of Soto. I mean, Soto in an OBP league seems like a no brainer to me, particularly um, with that Padres lineup around him. And I, I just have to believe he's going to turn it around at some I point in time. Know. I don't think, yeah, he's, he's not going to be, he is not going to be whatever has been beguiling Juan Soto for the last few years. Um, beguiling, be doubling. I, I'm mixing up my B words, but anyway, you, you get, you get the point. Uh, I loved your draft. I thought your draft was really smart. And you mentioned um, you mentioned Soto as your first pick, but let's talk a little bit about the end of your draft. Because I feel like we have very different back ends of our draft here in that most of the guys at the back end of my draft are not on my team anymore. And most of yours <laughs> are still on your team. <laughs>
1: yeah, I really did
0: hit hit some
1: nice ones late. Yeah. Um, steel is it was a great one, um, and I'm happy he just came back off off the IL. I was a little worried when somebody says forearm issues. Yeah, um, Lane Thomas has been a really under the radar great roto pick. Um, he was another late one, along with Jorge Soler, who was just been killing the ball. Um, a great, he's like the biggest no brainer, like 18th round pick ever. It seemed like, um, and Zach Eflin has also been huge, um, and he was a guy that. Um, Cool whip from Rasball was on in the preseason and really sold me on. And I ended up snagging him in, in many, many leagues. And he's been, he's been great. I think cool whip probably going to take a, a victory lap here at the all-star break. If, if Eflin finishes strong.
0: Eflin has been great. I love the Soler pick because Soler is one of those dudes. I mean, it, yes, he's kind of one dimensional in the sense that like he's going to hit a b- bombs, but when he gets on a tear, he can be in the top five in baseball in home runs and with the Marlins playing much better than they had been. I mean, his counting stats are are pretty good too in terms of runs and RBIs. And so I, I love the Solaire pick a lot. Yeah, he's been fun. Um, so has Hayes Sanchez. And I don't I don't remember who mm. picked up Sanchez in our league off no. the waiver wire, but that was one that I was one week too late on. I was like, why didn't I do that a week ago? Yeah. The Marlins are like a collection of second basemen and two guys who hit bombs. That's like the whole <laughs> philosophy of the Marlins.
1: That's a great description. I like it. <laughs>
0: uh, let's talk about your biggest hit so far. And I mean, honestly, the guy that probably has made my team work this season so far is Marcus Simeon. He does a little bit of everything. And Van Grass has a great piece on him out today about how he's just like the quietest superstar. I know he had a weak start to the season last week or last season in 2022, but he is not in 2023. And the Rangers offense came to play. I, did not anticipate the Rangers offense being this good, but I am very glad that I have some small shares of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's been a roto
0: stud. Yeah, he's been incredible. What about you? Who's your favorite picks, uh, your favorite hit so far?
1: I mean, like I said, I, uh, it was a total panic pick on Christian Yelich, but I also didn't expect him to turn back the clock to 2019. Um, he's been surprisingly really good. Um, I actually tried to, I think I sent you a trade offer for for Ward early. Taylor Ward, you I, did. Yeah, I was like, oh. Man, I, I swear I was looking for more speed and and trying to sell off some or looking for more power rather than trying to sell off some speed um, and I'm kind of glad that I didn't trade him because I, <laughs> I, I think I had a few I think I had a few offers out there for him and, and nobody wanted him um, rightfully so I didn't really want to be there but he's been he's been surprisingly good. he's like one of those accidental hits that sometimes you need to to be near the top of a league so
0: It's so funny that you bring that trade offer up because I thought about that trade for a hot minute. I was like, hmm, I could see this working and I could see like Yelich going on a tear and Taylor Ward isn't exactly proven. But I I happened to be like one of these people who just really believed in Taylor Ward. And so I I wanted him on my team. And this was one of the only places I got him. So I didn't really want to deal him. Then he had his downturn, started losing playing time to Mickey Moniak. And I was like, God, I really should have traded him for Christian Yelich. I had a chance. However, appears to have turned the corner again. Taylor Ward yes, has, been has been quite good the last rewarded. couple of weeks. Thank God. Uh, and the Angels need him to be good because, frankly, they are all hurt. Um, my biggest miss was definitely uh, Carlos Correa. I luckily have a bunch of shortstop middle infielder options. I was lucky enough to win the Matt McLean sweepstakes, and so I have Matt McLean on the team. I have Nico Horner as well, who I had always drafted as a second base option there. Um, but I am not gonna lie, I need Carlos Correa to start hitting like Carlos Correa and particularly to put some power on to power up a little bit because this is this is not what I signed up for. <laughs>
1: yeah. How funny in hindsight is like the Carlos Correa offseason weirdness. Like everybody wanting him and then not wanting him and then him not really being that great so far. It's interesting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's such a it's such a strange game. And honestly it what's is. Not it is. None of his struggles have anything to do with that ankle. It's not like the ankle is the problem. He's just gotten off to a tremendously slow start. And frankly, the entire, both central divisions are just kind of a mess. (laughs) I've never seen anything like the disparity of playing in either the NL or AL central.
1: No, they're gross.
0: (laughs) The Cubs would have been out of the race like, a month ago if they played in any other division, but they play in the NL Central, so they're like two and a half games out of first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's your biggest miss in the draft? Uh,
1: boy, uh, you know, I was really scared about Jake McCarthy. He was he was my guy going into the year. I drafted him in so many leagues, um, and I, I was ready to say he would have been my biggest miss, but he's come back and seemed to, the, the demotion helped, it seems, and he's really turned it on. Um, so, um, so let's see, uh, I, I, honestly, I was looking over my draft before this, before the podcast and I had, I, I've actually had quite a few misses. Von Grissom was another guy who I was really pretty, mm-hmm. pretty excited to draft as my second baseman. And yeah, that, that hasn't worked out. Obviously it's left me kind of scrambling. That's why I went so high on Morel. was cause I've been scrambling all year for that. And, and third base also with Jose Miranda. That's another, I've, I've kind of been scrambling at those two spots. So.
0: Third base is one of those, it, it was a landmine that I didn't want to mess around with, which is why I went Jose Ramirez early. And then I was uh, lucky enough to get Josh Young at the corner, which ironically oh, is not the pick yeah. I wanted. I wanted Tristan Casas at that pick. And John oh. Legeza took Casas right before me. And so I took, this worked out in my favor. I talked about this with Alex Bass on an earlier version of this pod, but um, I wound up thinking, do I really want Josh Young right here? Is it too early? So I took Nathan Evaldi. I was pretty sure you weren't going to take Young because you didn't have, like you had just taken somebody. And I was like, I, I think I'll get a shot on the flip side. And I did. And so I went Nathan Evaldi and Josh Young back to back. And frankly, that has, that, those were both very clutch picks for me. Evaldi yeah, has been great everything turn. I needed him to be. Yeah, nice. But all because I lost Tristan Cassis. Thanks, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works out. Yeah every now and again. No, I was super in on Von Grissom, too. I had him in a bunch of leagues, including um, Glarf, which is part of the Earth Network, uh, where I am the defending champion, and I do not think I'm going to repeat it. It's been a Rough, rough year of picks for me. I had Reese Hoskins in that league. My backup first baseman was Matt Mervis. Like it is just, it has not gone well, people, is what I'm trying to say, but it is what it is. Uh, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we're going to talk about how we look at categories at this point in the season, particularly in a league like this Tout Wars league, which is super tight. Every steal, every home run, every save and hold matter so much. You can pick up four or five points in the standings on a day. We're also going to talk about our favorite waiver wire ads. And, and with some advice. But first, a quick break. All right. We're back. So one of the things, uh, and I totally understand, like, looking at other people's fantasy leagues is probably right up there with watching dry in terms of, like, the interest factor. But I am fascinated by this league in particular because there are a handful of categories where you can make up six points on a real good night. And home runs this year, stolen bases this year, and saves and holds are so tight across the entire league. I find myself sweating it all of the time. What about you?
1: Absolutely. That's that's a league where I'm always – I'm checking every morning to see how many home runs my team hit, how many how many bases they stole, um, how many RBS I managed to accumulate, which usually isn't very many. But like you said, it's – I think I'm um, – I'm um, five home runs and 10 RBIs away from a six or seven point game. It's, it's just madness how, how tight it is in some of these categories.
0: It is madness. And it's one of the reasons that, I mean, I loved your pickup of Christopher Murrell. Um, I loved your pickup of Ellie De La Cruz too, because that was one where I was, I did not think I was going to get Ellie with the bid that I put down, but I am kind of like, I'm a fab miser. Like I tend to want to have about half of my fab left. Um, I don't know about June, July. I want to be like sitting on half of my fab, and that call up forced me. I put two twenty one down, which was going to put me with like three hundred left. Um, and I was not close because you put five thirty one down, which was one dollar more than I had in fab. <laughs> I,
1: I prices righted you. Yes,
0: <laughs> I was devastated. I'm like, I was to be clear. I was going to have that on the show eventually, anyway. But I was like, we have to talk about this. I. Okay, first off, respect. <laughs> like, I saw the bid and I was like, it is the one bid I could not do. Like, there is, I don't have to sit here and wonder, like, what if I would have gone 224? Because I couldn't put down the amount of fab I needed to to win Ellie De La Cruz. Two, that is pro, assuming he stays healthy, that is probably going to work out really well for you. That's a bunch of home runs, it's a bunch of steals, it's a really good offense. So I love the move. That is not a move I normally make in the season because I'm so nervous about, like, how am I going to do this season was so little fabulous. So tell me what went through your mind with just going all in on Ellie.
1: Yeah, honestly, I'm usually kind of a miser too. Like I kind of, I remember, cause nobody drafted Volpe in our league. So the first fab period he got to go up and I watched him go for, I think it was about 530. 502. Was it 502? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, just over 500. And I kind of, I think I went maybe 150, 200 on him for that. And I was, you know, Kind of regretting not going more, but you know, then you see Ellie, and he's—I don't know—he's looks like he's playing a different game. He's his his tools are unreal. Um, in just a short a short amount of time, he barely swung and sent one nearly out of the park, and it's um, so yeah, he he definitely seemed like the real deal and and worth worth going. And I figured if I was gonna lose him, I would because I think there's two or three managers who have. Still quite a hefty amount of fab left. So I figured if I was gonna lose him, I was gonna have to lose him big. Um so
0: we're gonna lose him to one of one of the people who had less <laughs> who had more than five hundred and thirty dollars. Exactly. Yes.
1: I was gonna do everything no. I could to try to try to snag him.
0: No, that's that's fair and reasonable. And particularly in this league, it could be a difference maker. I mean, I found I was real happy to get Matt McLean. I think I got McLean for mm. 142, but I have also that's been there. A handful of times this season where I have been just shy. Like I was just shy on the Tanner by B. Logan Allen, um Fabapalooza. Like I, actually, I had uh Bubba on to talk about that because he wound up getting both of them. And I was just like, How'd you get both of them? Like, I don't even yeah. i like, I clearly need to up my fab bids. And then I did up my uh bid for I'm trying to remember who it was the next week. I, I wound up getting somebody the next week, and I was like, Okay, might have been McLean, honestly. But um it's just been a wild fab period and you know I'm sitting with right around five hundred dollars left, but I think I'd rather have LEJ LA LaCruz.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll try to get creative with some one dollar bids here at the end and, and we are we're allowed zero dollar bids. So that's I was gonna
0: say beautiful. the zero dollar um,
1: bids helps a lot. It does. Um I made that mistake in the great fantasy baseball invitational one year where I just I I guess I I didn't read the rules. And I assumed we had $0 bids and we did not. So I was left to like the last month of the season with no bids, uh, which was unfortunate. So um, the ability to have $0 bids is, is huge and honestly allowed me to consider that kind of bid on Ellie. Also be a little less, a little less stingy.
0: $0 bids helps a ton. And I, it's frankly something I forget sometimes because I'm usually playing in leagues where you have to have a dollar to bid. And I, um, Mm I, I, The $0 bids is something I need to remind myself of, because you can make moves. You just won't be able to make the premier ones that you want to make as much. Um, My favorite, uh, my favorite waiver wire ad of the season so far, I already talked about one of them was Matt McClain. I think the other one though was Brett Rooker. Um, And I picked him up early. I was kind of not getting the power that I wanted. Kyle Schwarber's struggles early were kind of, I was falling behind in home runs and I just, I wasn't sure if I believed in Brett Rucker or not, but I believed in his ability to play every day in Oakland. And he, I'm always in for writing a home run streak.
1: Yeah. I didn't believe in him early enough. And I kicked myself for that. Cause I definitely could have used that power. And that seems to be, he's he's definitely got a nice power stroke going.
0: He absolutely does. Who, who are some of your favorite non Ellie De La Cruz, Christopher Morel, waiver wire ads?
1: Yeah. Um, I got really lucky with Ezekiel Duran early. Um, Trying to fill that third base spot, like I said, that's been a trouble spot for me all season. Um, I got him for a buck, which was great. Um, he's now he's now sitting on the bench, but we'll we'll hold on to him for a little bit. Um, and Smith Shaver, I just snagged. Two that was weeks ago t- I saw that yeah. I saw
0: that that was very well done.
1: I was just, you know, I'm a Braves fan, so I was paying attention and just kind of hoping that they might squeeze him into the rotation. He, I had to play him that first week when he was just coming out of the bullpen, but it's it's paying off big time right now. So hopefully, hopefully that continues to pay off. That's a nice one. I
0: almost bid on Smith Chaver during that period, and the reason I didn't is I, I did in some 15 team leagues. I did not in Tout because I was like, it's 12 team league. He's coming out of the bullpen. I don't know when he's gonna get a chance to start. Although I kind of figured he was gonna get a chance to start. I loved that pickup. I saw it when you did it and I was like, oh, that's a real, it's a real good pickup. Uh definitely I, I'm intrigued by him. Man. He 20 years old and just like skyrocketing through the minors. always interesting stuff.
1: So crazy. I saw his his high school graduation date and that made me feel ancient. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's very Fair interesting.
0: Yeah, at this point any t- I I taught high school for 7 years and um, oh, nice. it's been a hot minute since uh, any of the guys coming up would have been in high school when I was teaching. <laughs> I went to CubsCon this year and a kiddo who was in my last class of freshmen, so was a freshman when I was teaching, was at Cubs Convention at the after party hanging out with all the bloggers, drinking legally and I was just like, "Okay, well, I I think I have to go now cuz it's well, way I'll see past my time." Out. Yep. <laughs> Uh, what are your team's biggest needs at this point of the season, Trash?
1: Yeah, definitely power, and then um, saves and holds. I'm, I think I'm second to last right now, but still only, uh, I don't know, not not too far from from making a move. So I, I put a couple bids in on some some holds guys, Brooks Rayleigh um, and Scott McHugh in Arizona, who's who's looked pretty good. Um, so I'm gonna have. It's hard in this league though with to balance those where we have innings pitched as a category um, and innings pitched and strikeouts. So when you play those saves holds guys, you kind of take a, take a hit in, in two different categories. Um, I was just going to can... say the,
0: it the innings pitch part of that absolutely makes that a difficult play. Last year I ran the table on the saves hold category and what yeah. did it get me decent ratios and not enough innings pitched or K's. And so this year I find myself more towards the middle of the pack in the innings pitched uh, categories and pretty high up on case, but like every time I'm about to make a saves hold ratio push, I look and I'm like, I need these two start weeks in order to keep myself in exactly. the innings pitch. This is a real weird balance to strike. I love it. Actually. It's a great. Balance it is. Out.
1: Yeah. I, I like it too. It's, a, it really makes you think about every lineup decision. Um, yeah. And then honestly, if I could just get middle of the pack and hold saves, I'd be, I'd be happy. Um, but that's probably going to drop me to middle of the pack in innings pitched. You know, usually in, in a regular Roto League, you can maybe count on a vulture win or two out of those those middle relief guys, yep. so it doesn't hurt you quite as bad. But with this innings pitched, it's a it's different ballgame. It's fun.
0: Yeah, there was a hot minute where I was rostering Matt Strom in this league when he was starting for the Phillies before he kind of went back into that middle reliever role, and I Wish I could roster Matt Strom in this league because I actually believe in the skill set a lot. And he, when he was starting, mm. he was good. He had some good starts, like five innings pitched, eight Ks, nine Ks. He looked pretty solid. But in a middle relief role, that's just impossible to roster. There's not enough Ks. There's he's not really getting holds all that often. I mean, it's just like kind of devastating. And then they started doing all the opener, like he's our opener, he's our bolt guy, and I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely out of this. Yeah, I <laughs> out can't of the do strong business. That. Uh, my biggest team need at the moment is absolutely steals. And it's funny because I didn't think it was going to be, I have Simeon, as I mentioned earlier, I have Nico Horner who started off the season red hot with steals. And then when Nico hit the IL with a hamstring injury, he has not run nearly as much since he came back. Um, He is starting to run again. He just started running again uh, this last week series on the homestand. So I'm hoping that that's a sign of things to come. I got lucky enough. To, I picked up Whit Merrifield off the waiver wire or else I would be uh-huh. in real dire straits in steals right now, but I feel like this league might come down to stolen bases again. And it definitely came down to stolen bases last year.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Stolen bases is what won, won me the league last year. I went from, from dead last to uh, second or third. Um, and that absolutely was the only reason I won that. Jake McCarthy. And Bubba Thompson.
0: <laughs> Bubba Thompson. I will never forget the Bubba yeah. Thompson week. I looked at Bubba Thompson for two weeks and I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yep. It's Bubba Thompson. And you did it. And congratulations, Trust. <laughs> I should have <laughs> done it. Uh, what is your biggest need at the moment? You mentioned power. You mentioned power. Is there anybody you're eyeing for power? I mean, obviously don't tell me who you're going to pick up off the waiver wire next week. But like, where are you looking? Where do you think you can get that edge? Uh, I'm hoping Ellie gets really hot <laughs>
1: um, I, honestly not sure um R- Randall Grichuk is a guy who's come off the I.L. and I'm kind of hoping good one. we get some 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 warm weather out in Colorado and and he gets he gets going um yeah nobody off the waiver wire that I've really got an eye on this week for for a big power play but I don't know you and I might have to make a trade here if I get get up in stolen bases <laughs>
0: shoot shoot me an offer we'll see what we can do right. Just I mean, honestly Taylor Ward is probably more movable than he was at one point in time but I don't know that that helps either of us <laughs> the way that we need yeah. it to at this moment in time um, let's uh, end the show on the question we always end the show with here on What the Fab which is what is your best piece of advice for a newish fantasy player
1: nice I like this one uh, and that kind of plays into um, my advice plays into what how I ended up finishing first last year is just to check, those, check the standings and be aware of where you can make moves. Um, there's absolutely no reason to win a category by an extraordinary amount. You only need to win by one, um, at least in a roto league. And just taking taking a look, like, like I said, that last those last few weeks of of tout, um, picking up Bubba Tom's, just looking for those guys who could only get steals. I had the benefit of of being up in home runs and up in RBIs, so I could afford to plug those guys in and just. Being aware of where you can make a big move like that is is really really huge, and I don't feel like enough people do that. Really checking those standings every day and and being aware of that.
0: Yeah, I think that it's interesting. One checking the standings every day is it seems so basic, but you see things that you would miss otherwise. Like I've been writing um, my first fantasy column this year for Baseball HQ, looking at the NL East each week, playing time tomorrow, and and one of the things that that has forced me to do is I follow those teams as closely as I follow the Cubs, who I've covered mm. for, you know, six years now, you see roster moves, you see playing time moves, you see you see that the guy who you thought was the backup catcher is now in a 50-50 split, which may, like, nobody wants a catcher who's got a 50-50 split at their job in a two-catcher league. You want one of the dudes who is starting, right? And you just checking those standings every single day, you get an idea of, oh, a platoon is emerging here. Or, oh, this guy is always getting pulled, uh, in the second to last at bat of a game, like he's not actually getting five at bats every day, he's getting closer to three. And it can really those types of observations make a huge difference in terms of winning your league, particularly in a league like this, where the everything is so close.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, just it's, it's, it's a tension. That's really the biggest thing. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Well, Matt, I really appreciate you joining me here today. Where can people find you? Where can they find your work? Where can they find advice from the reigning 12-team mixed league Tout Wars champion?
1: Yeah, pop on to Razzball. Um, I'm the the main editor at Razzball. So everything outside of uh, our main writer, Gray's post, everything else goes through me. Um, I cover our Razzball commenter leagues over there, which are are great fun to pop in there. Um, I refer to them as the daily fantasy sports of of Rota leagues. Um, they're good fun. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Truss.
0: Awesome. You can find me at at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find the show at, at what's the fab, uh, follow us fans for sports network, fantasy baseball for this show and others as the season goes on. And, uh, if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star review and a rating because it helps other people find the show. Next week, we will be back talking more fantasy baseball, more Fabapalooza, and everything you need to know to help you win your league this year. Till next time.